Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. Sports Talk Mississippi's Brian Haydad, along with Joel Coleman of the Starkville Daily News, give you an inside look at the Bulldogs on the field, the court, and the diamond. Now, get ready for Thunder and Lightning. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Joel T. Coleman. Joining you here on a Wednesday morning. We could not be happier to be with you today. Thanks for making us a part of your day at supertalk.fm or wherever it is you get podcasts. We appreciate our listeners, especially our servicemen and women out there taking care of us. We also want to thank our sponsors at Strange Brew Coffee House and Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. It is so cold outside. You've got to go get you some hot chocolate to warm your bones from Strange Brew Coffee House. And they got, it's not just hot chocolate over there, they got multiple flavors. All sorts of stuff they can do for you. It's not just your, your, it's not just mom's hot chocolate. It's not just a little Swiss Miss packet with the marshmallows in it. They, they, I, and when they do have marshmallows, they're homemade. Yeah, they, they, they go all the way out. So <laughs> check them out, and also check out our good friends over at College Corner. When you're looking for MSU merchandise, that's the place to go. If you're in the Jackson area, they have two locations to serve you: over in Ridgeland by Fleet Feet, or in Flowood by the Half Shell. Or anywhere in the world, you can shop online at collegecornerstore.com and get the biggest and best selection of MSU merchandise. It's just getting closer every day, opening day. Tomorrow's uh, Thunder and Lightning podcast, we will talk to Aaron Fitt of D1 Baseball to get a, a head start on the Diamond Dogs. But you want to show up with that brand new hoodie, that new M over S logo wear, the place to get it is College Corner. <laughs> Joel showed me a picture of, from an XFL practice of the uh, the St. Louis Battlehawks <laughs> and standing right next to each other, number 10, Jordan Tamu, and number 4, Nick Fitzgerald. Nick Pe- took Dak's, old num- D- Dak's, or Dak's new number, yeah. I guess. The, Peace in our time. Yeah. So, uh, I got a kick out of that. The Senior Bowl today, they were doing the measurements, and Shea Patterson had the smallest hands. I was like, that's just not surprising to me. <laughs> Ah, well, enough fun and games. We got we got to be serious here for a moment because there was some tragic news that we will start our podcast uh, off with a little bit of a tribute here to a, a fallen bulldog, Darunya Wilson. Uh, n- name goes without saying, one of the greatest players uh, in the Dan Mullen era and, and of Mississippi State's history. Uh, tragically, uh, lost his life today in a homicide, or not today, but earlier this week uh, in a homicide in Birmingham, Alabama. A guy who uh, I think I, I think it was Tuesday. You think it was today? Yeah. I mean, I'm, you talked to the police department, correct? I did. Okay. I did. So. Yeah. I mean, I don't know anything that anyone else out there mm-hmm. doesn't know. I mean, they're being pretty tight-lipped about it. It seems as a homicide investigation, but where I think you were going, and, and you're exactly right. I mean, Darunya Wilson is one of the most recognizable faces in Mississippi State football history. Bar none. I mean, when you think of of that 2014 going number one in the country, I mean, when you when you stick your hand out, tell me the five most identifiable players on that team. You only have to get two or three deep before you're at Deronia Wilson. I would probably be th- he'd probably be third. He'd probably yeah, be behind Dak and Dak, Josh Robinson. Josh Robinson and Deronia Wilson. Wilson. Yeah. Um, he is the most successful wide receiver at Mississippi State since – since Bumpus, I guess, right? Would would you? I mean, we we did the all decade team earlier. Um, 
a few weeks ago, and it was Duranya, it was Fred Ross, it was Chad Bumpus. Yeah. Um, talented wide receivers that, that produce big numbers and come up big, they hadn't exactly grown on trees for Mississippi State. Duranya Wilson was one of those guys. You could rely on him. Um, you just think back to his highlight reel and, and some of the things that, that he's done. Some of the stuff wasn't even stuff. It was his highlights. I, I think of him. I, here I am stealing from, from your cousin again, I believe. I think it was Steven that, that tweeted out about Duranya's run blocking and stuff. Yeah. I mean, he was excellent at it. He was fantastic. So some of the biggest highlights in Mississippi State history aren't Duranya Wilson highlights, but they were made possible because of Duranya Wilson. Um, you, you think of the catch that he made against Auburn where he's out there kind of like a ping-pong ball and bounces off a defender and skirts away into the end zone for the touchdown and State starts pulling away against Auburn. Um, as Bill Martin tweeted, Davis Wade Stadium may have never been louder than it was that day with Deronia Wilson. He, he is just a guy that for what he did for this university, I mean – it hurts, yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and and you and I got the chance. Not that we were best buddies with Deronya Wilson, got to go eat with him or anything, but, um, I mean, he, he was one of the guys that, that we talked to and, and, and saw somewhat frequently. I mean, Deronya wasn't exactly beating down the media's door to come talk to us all the time, but, uh, you know, one, one of those guys. And it kind of – it's kind of weird to sit there, and I was telling Katie, she was sitting by me as I was writing the story, uh, it's kind of weird to sit there and write a story about a player that you covered and kind of, not that you best friends with them or anything, but you see them and, and, and kind of somewhat get a feel for them a little bit and you watch them out there on the pl- on the field of play and you, you get to see their career firsthand. You get to see them at practice a little bit whenever those were opened up for a little while and, and, and now here you are sitting there writing a story about a, a guy who's, whose life has ended at 25 years of age. I mean, it's heartbreaking. Is, yeah. is what it is, and just just a tragedy. And uh, and, and, and I mean, your mind spans with what ifs. You know, what if he had made this decision? What if he had made that decision? How could his life ha- have been different? Yeah, we'll never know the answer to that question. But it, it's it sucks in any other way to say it. Um, no, and uh, I, he'll be a guy that everybody that's listening to this, um, everybody that's listening to this, as a Mississippi State fan, will forever hold him in a fun place. In, in their hearts, I know. Yeah, there's no question about that. That This is uh, a guy that everybody will remember fondly and a guy that, uh, you know, when you when you think about him, you're going to think about good times yeah. at Mississippi State. You know, the best times. Yeah. Some of the best times at Mississippi well, what's, State. What's tough about it, man, I know when a lot of people hear it, and I mean, I, I'm guilty of this too, you think of you think of the on-field memories, you know, what, what yeah. you think of on the field. What you don't – what doesn't come first to mind, though, and, and I guess maybe this – changed for me in the last three and a half years now that I'm a dad and whatnot, but, I mean, he's got a kid, Yeah, you know? Yeah. That, that's, you don't think about that kind of stuff, yeah. That, that's now probably, I mean, she was pretty young, I think. I, I don't know, gosh, I, I'm trying to remember how old she would be. I, I don't know if she's of age that she she may not ever really have a much memory of all of, of her father and that, that sort of thing. And, uh, man, it, it's, it's just tough, and there, there isn't any... In any way to sugarcoat anything about it, other than to say that that he was forever going to be in our minds a guy that yeah. just so many great memories that, yeah. that he provided. I, I always am not a huge fan of the whole thoughts and prayers thing, but it just is what it is at that point. So you know, yeah. the, the, those his loved ones and his family, we're certainly thinking about them, and, and you know, nothing we can say or do is going to yeah. ease that pain. But you know, we hope you can you can get through this and. Mm-hmm. And teammates, the guys teammates, that they played yeah. alongside Which him. Which there's been an outpouring of on, on yeah. social media. I've been Two guys I've been checking, I don't know if they just haven't gotten word, but I've been checking Mullen's Twitter and Dax. 
And uh, Dak is interesting because his Twitter is such a corporate. I mean, he does not really tweet much. Yeah. What he tweets is is the stuff he's involved in. Um, so I don't know if he'll he'll say anything or not. And Dan, it looks like Dan was just in Africa. I don't know if you saw this or not. He, he, oh, for Tebow's, for Tebow's wedding. wedding. Yeah, I saw that. And uh, so I don't know if he if word's gotten back to him or not. But interested to see what those two guys say. Obviously, two of the biggest, uh, you know, influences of, with Deronia Wilson here at Mississippi State. So uh, Deronia Wilson dead at the age of twenty five. An absolute tragedy. And, and I say it all the time, man. You never know when that day is going to come for you. Yeah. So just you know, make sure you're. You're as right as you can be when that day comes. So, all right. I hate to, to go from that into the rumblings, but that's just the way it's going to have to be. We got a lot of questions to get to and a lot of good stuff, hopefully, today. Uh, Jay Henry has got our first question. He says, For the rumblings, what did Mike Leach mean on Friday Night Lights when he talked about finding your inner pirate? <laughs> did you watch Friday Night Lights? I did. Okay. I love Friday Night Lights. In fact, correct me if, you, if I'm wrong. You tell me what this is what I think. You know, when he, when, he, when he meets up with Coach Taylor at that gas station, he's talking about that, and Coach Taylor's down at that point. You know, pirates are not known for their uh, give-a-blank attitude, right? Yeah. yeah. They don't care. And they, 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 they just sort of go all out all the time, and they do what they want. I think that's what he was telling Eric Taylor there. He's like, you have lost, basically you've lost your, uh, uh, your marbles, and you need to get them back. Philosopher Haydad over here. I took took some philosophy classes in in college. I don't think I can answer that question any better. I'm going to let yours stand. All right. That'll Uh work for me. So somehow Jay Henry got ahead of uh, Justin Strawn, who who hit us up at uh, 410 in the morning. Uh, Wants to know, even though the women, well, we sort of talked about this uh, on yesterday's show, so we'll skip that question. Uh, Mike Leach enforced a social media ban on Washington State this past season. Our football team tends to be pretty active on social media. Do you think there's a chance he does something similar if things get rough during the season? I'll be honest with you, and we had this question or a similar one a week or two ago, and I'm not in favor of social media bans because I think you got to let kids be kids. Right. But if I was going to be in favor of it, I might would have been in favor of Mississippi State having one back during bowl season with the whole fight thing and everybody was out there. Um, and I'm not calling out these kids at all. I mean, it just is what it is. I mean, Alec Murphy had some things about the fight on his account. Willie Gay, was, who was involved in the fight, was out there tweeting about it. If ever there was a time to just tell your folks to just shut down your social media for about three weeks, that would have been it. Yeah. I mean, because that was just... You got these people saying this. I mean, you had people on staff that were tweeting about it even a little bit. I mean, that would have been a time to where you just put the brakes on the social media thing. So, I don't know. if it, I, And State does have some guys that can be a little bit, uh, and, and it may not even always be football, but mm-hmm. things that, I don't, Colin, for example, I've tweeted before. Errol's tweeted some things before that just make you, yeah. have made people go crazy. First yeah. of all, folks, these are 18 to 22-year-olds. They're not always talking about football. They have their own lives. Yeah. So, yeah. but... I could see some instances where maybe Mike Leach says, all right, guys, shut it down. Uh-huh. And I don't know what would have to happen for it to get to that point, mm-hmm. but while I'm not in favor of censoring kids, mm-hmm. there are times where you just need to tell them, I don't want to see you tweet for the next 48 hours or something. I'm going to go a step further than you. I, and I agree with you. I don't, I don't, I'm not a fan of that. I believe you should allow these. You know, It's part of growing up. You learn to take your knocks there. But I'd be surprised if he doesn't enforce it immediately. Like, when they start practice in spring, I bet it goes into effect then. And it'll be something, it might end up being something like a reward. Be like, look, you want to get back on social media? You got to earn it. 
you got to be able to earn it. You can't win. But other than that, no. Anybody who's on social media is going to be going to have to answer to me. I tell you, not just they have social- to, it's talking about changing the mindset. That's you got to start with these. That's what I'm going to say, man. It's about to be culture shock for some of those players, for some of the staffers that are still here. Um, it's it's a whole new ball game. Yeah, it really at is. The complex. It really is. Uh, second, another question here from uh, from Justin. I started watching Westworld last week, and I love it. Will HBO ruin this for me and all the other people who thoroughly enjoy it like they did with Game of Thrones? Uh, did you watch Westworld? I do not. I have not. I have heard great things about it. The people who I, I have friends with that watch it, they love it. Uh, so if they are going to ruin it, I don't think they'll ruin it. I don't think they will because it's just different. This is not a they, – they're not borrowing from source material to make this show. So I think it'll be okay. I saw an interesting tweet about – I think Tom Ebel retweeted. He said – Game of Thrones was basically on television for a decade. It dominated pop culture. And then when it was over, that was it. It, it ended so badly that we were all just like, I don't want to talk about it anymore. Yeah. You know, that's like exactly and, what and shows happened. like The Sopranos, The Wire, Breaking Bad. People still talk about it. People still talk about it, still make references. Who makes Game of Thrones references now? Nobody. So. Band still plays it. They play it the other night. They do. They do play that. Uh, let's see here. Got some messages here, some uh, some uh, mentions because of uh, some poor officiating uh, in a women's basketball game. Uh, I don't know anything about that. Uh, Butch Bailey wants to know, more fun to watch, Tyler Russell in the Mike Leach offense or Omar Connor in the Dan Mullen offense? I'll say Russell in the Leach offense would okay. be the one that I, I'd like to watch. Okay. Um, although Omar Connor would have been a, well, a I, doggone good. Let me tell you why I'm going with Omar Connor. Because Jarius Norwood would have been standing next to him. That's right. It's true. And how good would that combination have been? I've often thought about that. That when they hired Kroom, right, Mullen would have been an acceptable choice as the coach. A guy who had been with, with Meyer, his offensive coordinator, and they were, you know, they had taken Utah to another level, taken Bowling Green up. It would have been a bit of a, a, a stretch at that time, and he would have been really young. I guess he would have been. How old is Mullen now? He's like 45, 46. So we're talking 15. He would have been 31. So he'd been really young. But he it would have been if they had just gone that route then. Or to be honest with you, I don't know that you could have gotten Meyer because he was just a year away from going to Florida. You know, he probably had his eye, he knew that some bigger jobs were coming. But yeah. if you had gone Mullen in 2004 when you had Connor and Norwood, what would that have looked like? Could you have gotten. You think about that 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 first year Kroom team. Mullen beats Maine, and he probably finds a way to. He probably beats Ole Miss, and he probably beats. Remember that Arkansas game was close. That Alabama game was was sort of close. He would have gotten to six wins, I think. <laughs> Talk about rewriting history. Yeah, yeah, we really are. But interesting to me. Another one from Butch Bailey here. Uh, but Tyler Russell in the Leach offense will be would have been really fun to watch too. I think he would have been really successful. I mean, let's just be honest here. Pretty much anybody that can throw the football in the leech yeah. offense is going to be fun to watch. Yeah, you know, you're not wrong. And I mean, uh, Dak in the leech offense would have been a lot of fun to watch. Um, and for all we know, given the opportunity, one of the guys on the roster here may be could fun be to watch. Yeah, who knows? We're about to find out, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. We may not be. The, the quarterback may not be on the roster. Butch Bailey asked, if you weren't a media person, even if I was, uh, would you rather hang out with Leach at the beach house or Schaefer at the deer camp? For me, mm-hmm. Leach at the beach house. Yeah, it's, it's and it's Leech. not even close. It's not close. I don't hunt. I don't either. 
Yeah, I mean, I don't have anything against hunting. And also, if you ever kill a deer and you want me to eat it, I'll. Oh, absolutely. I mean, everybody in my family, for the most part, hunters, and I used to hunt a little bit, but I I just, it's not something that I was ever just completely. My dad didn't hunt. I wasn't a big fan of just sitting in the cold at 5 a.m. There's that too. And and, so that just wasn't my thing. Just sit on the the beach with a fruity drink and and just let the the waves come out. Yeah, I'm I'm in for that. And kind of like you said on on the the deer hunting thing i mean yeah. i am perfectly fine with sitting there eating some good fried deer steaks mashed yeah. potatoes and gravy and oh, having yeah. a good old time with that so yeah anybody wants to invite if i'm gonna me hang over, out with schaefer i want to hang out in his backyard and let him cook me up some brisket that man's a barbecue and fool there you go so uh let's see here i want to i want to address something here i see will salmon wrote another article about mississippi state you're gone will <laughs> move on cut ties <laughs> we've we've moved on from you we got tyler horka in here now all right the Athletic wants some MSU stuff. They can call Joel T. Coleman. He'll be happy well, to the, write them uh, anything they want. Well, as it turns out, the Athletic did call Joel T. Coleman because I talked to Will. Well, actually, he texted me about this, asking me some questions. Unbelievable. <laughs> you're, you're part of the problem. Quit enabling him. Well, right? I, he's out. Will's advanced his career a lot further than I probably ever will. So, uh, you know, See, I, I, don't, you, I don't mind. You stay down there in Florida and you let us alone. That's what I would say, Will Salmon. I'm forever uh, thankful to have Will's friendship, so I'm always willing to help. I love Will Salmon, but I'm just saying. Uh, Steven Sprawberry wants to know, can a fan who thought Howland needed to go be allowed to get back on the bandwagon? Of course you can. Yeah, Jump back on. Nobody's going to say anything to you. People jumped off and on the Joe Moorhead bandwagon every other week. Yeah. Just depending on the day of the week. Yeah, exactly. Just... And, and and here's the thing: if he loses these next two or three games, you're allowed, you're allowed to jump back off. It's a fluid situation at all times in sports. All right, our friend Big Swole Justin Cole. After the successful AEW road trip, may I suggest a trip to Memphis for a 901 wrestling show? The venue features arcade games and every gaming system ever made, plus a full bar and axe throwing. Plus a full wrestling show. I'm not going to lie to you; that sounds fantastic. I don't necessarily need the full bar, but for the rest of that stuff. You ever thrown axes? And no, but I would, I, I would be it. willing to do it. Yeah, we might have to do this. We we could make it. We made thunder and lightning road trip to the Bluff City, and we're we might have to do this. We're gonna we're we're gonna look into it. We'll put it that way. Uh, let's see here. Uh, I wonder if we could like walk Big Swole down to the ring. Could, see, now, we're, now we're now we're talking. I want to get involved. Thund- Big Swole accompanied to the ring by thunder, thunder and lightning. lightning. I'm, I'll get him more heel heat than he's ever had in his life. <laughs> I'll be I'll be like. I'll be like Joel Gertner up on that microphone. Man. I'll be out there just walking around the ring, strutting and wooing. Yeah, exactly. I'll be. I'm talking about like, you're talking about like Bubble Ray Dudley in Philadelphia, that kind of heat. That's what we're talking about. I'm going to combine like Jimmy Hart and Ric Flair and get the megaphone and just woo throughout there the match. There you go. There you go. I like where we're going with this, but I think he's a face is our problem. Yeah, that probably so, wouldn't work. We got to we got to figure something out. We maybe we can go. We can well, be, I think I could do a pretty good job of making people hate me, and uh-huh. he could eventually just turn on me and just. We'll figure it out. Give me a big bump somehow. I'll, I'll go through a table. Yeah, uh, we, we got we got to rig that thing up though. We got we got to gimmick that table up if I'm going through it. Another, you're right about that. Another wrestling question from Big Swole. With the race, the recent AEW shows that you attended, most of the stars came to my gym to work out while I was in town, including though, including the great Arn Anderson. Why is Arn the most underrated promo of all time? I think Arn is underrated because of his appearance. He he didn't look, and he'll tell you about that. If you listen to his podcast, he's like, I didn't look like a superstar. Yeah. I didn't look like Ric Flair or Hulk Hogan. Oh, here's the thing with Arn Anderson. When when me and Logan Lowry were talking about this actually earlier today, when he retired, mm-hmm. whenever he had the big, you know, Kurt Henning, you take my spot yeah. 
uh, promo and all that. He was 37. Yeah. Dude looked 57. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, I think you're right. His look was part of it. He was always kind of in Flair's background a little bit. Yeah. Oh, no. That, no, that no. kind of hurt. He was always kind of in his shadow. I didn't realize until listening to his podcast, in his entire career, Arn Anderson only had one title shot. Like he only had That's one, right. one uh, title match. You, are, you, his you, you and I are listening to the same thing, yeah. Um, huh. so so yeah, but but he is incredibly underrated. When you talk about wrestlers that never held the belt, that are the biggest stars in the industry still. I mean, you think of DiBiase, you think of Piper, and you think of you think Arn Anderson. Yeah, no question about it. Uh, another three straight wrestling questions. I love it. Peyton Neely, who is the greatest wrestler of all time? Well, it depends on how you want to look at it. Okay, you, you you tell me then. I mean, if you want to talk about the most influ like biggest box office kind of, I mean, it's either Hogan or Austin. Right. That's not what we're talking about, though. I mean, if you want to just talk about wrestler Ric Flair. Okay. Um, Shawn Michaels is in that conversation too. For best, I thought you were going to say Shawn Michaels. I, well, Flair is the answer to me. Yeah, it, it's one of those two. Um, I, Michaels is my favorite wrestler. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, just for the complete package, entertainer, whatever. He, he and Flair are my, my 1A and 1B, I guess I should say. So, yeah. anyway, e- either one of those guys I'm cool with. But if you want to talk about who brought in the most That's money, uh, Hogan, Austin, Rock, it's one of those guys, probably. Yeah. All right. Let's see here. Uh, next question. Andrew Miller. In 2019, there were eight teams in the top 50 of the net that didn't get an at-large bid to the NCAA tournament. There were six of those top 50. There, there were six teams out of the top 50 who got bids. Q1 wins seem to play a big role in those selections. Do you think MSU will have enough Quadrant 1 wins to get in? I'm trying to find states what they have right now for Quadrant 1. I think you can go to the – you might can Google like NCAA net, and it's like on the NCAA you, website. The net is, but it's not the Quadrant 1 Oh, it doesn't have – I thought it had it broken down by like Quad 1 wins, Quad 2 wins. It does wins. not. It has it broken down by like home, away, neutral. Okay. Um, Ken Palm might have it broken down. Yeah, but I don't have a subscription to Ken Palm. So I found, but I found it. It doesn't matter. Uh, State's currently 57th in the net. The problem is right now they currently have zero quadrant one wins. They have four quadrant one losses now, and they don't have any quadrant four losses. They have two quadrant two wins and five quadrant three wins. They have some. Now opportun- some of this can fluctuate. Obviously, it's going to fluctuate, and they have an opportunity this week. Arkansas is 32 in the net. And Oklahoma is fifty-three in the net, so you got some opportunities here. But states starts needing to starts needs to start finding some good wins. Yeah, no question about that. Uh, let's see here. Um, Logan Ledbetter, who is the greatest athlete to ever come through Starkville in any sport? Now, does he mean start lived in Starkville or went to Mississippi State? If went to Mississippi State as a qualification, Bailey Howell was up there. Okay. I mean, he's a Hall of Famer, for goodness sake, in, yeah. in the NBA. So, yeah. um, I would say, in his terms of being an athlete, Erica Bogard comes to mind. A.J. I mean, Brown's up there. If we're just talking about the city of Starkville, yeah, we're not talking about Mississippi State. We're talking about the city of Starkville. A.J. Brown is my answer. Because, I mean, dude got drafted by the Padres. Yeah. And now he's playing in the, the NFL. NFL. Exactly. So, A.J. Brown is probably the answer if you're talking about Starkville people. If you're talking about Mississippi State people, Erica Bogard, Brandon McBride, who's a, you know, been an Olympian, Anderson Peters uh, for football, you know, probably Eric Moulds is probably the best athlete ever for Mississippi State. 
Uh, for basketball, the best athlete, maybe Dante Jones, Derek Zimmerman, Jamont Gordon. Gordon. Yeah. Michael Goler, hey, he played two sports. Uh, for baseball, I don't know about athletes here. Uh, maybe Mangum, I don't know. But plenty of choices. Uh, let's see here. J.C. Dickinson, if you had to choose a grad transfer QB between K.J. Costello and Chase Bryce, who would you pick? He says Bryce does have two years of eligibility. Leach actually recruited Costello, didn't he? At yeah, one point, I'm sure he did. So I mean, that I'm sure he recruited seems, Chase Bryce too. He may I mean, have, yeah. may have. Uh, I was just going to say, if he recruited Bryce, I, I wasn't aware of it, but he may have. Yeah. Um, but by recruiting Costello, that goes to show he thought that he could run the air raid effectively. So immediately, my first thought is Costello. Yeah. But and apparently, Costello has shown interest. shown the interest too. Yeah, so, I think the answer is Costello because if you pick a guy with two years of eligibility. You're going to upset some things. Like I think if you can get Costello and sort of sell Schrader on what Keaton did last year, and say he looked redshirt, and then you take over from there. But if you bring in a guy with two years of eligibility, Schrader's going to leave. And the whole point I think of bringing in a grad transfer now is you want to try to stabilize that quarterback room a little bit. You need to get some redshirts on some guys, and you don't have them right now. Uh, JC also asks, I'm new to reading message boards. Is it usually as bad as I've seen recently with the recent coaching search and now defensive coordinator search? No. Oh, it's far worse. <laughs> this is nothing. Nothing compared to like... Let, wh- let Chris Jones visit Oxford yeah. and see what a message board looks like. Yeah, and if you weren't on message boards and reading some of those after State lost at Tennessee, yeah, I mean... Let, let C.J. Johnson flip got to Ole Miss and tell me what a message board looks like then. My God. Bowling shoe ugly, to go back to wrestling references. I like that. That's very good. Uh, the Boson Bulldog wants to know, when people say Mississippi instead of Mississippi, which set of cricket letters are they leaving out? Second. I agree with that. I agree with that 100%. Yeah. Robert Templeton, why are South Carolina women's basketball fans so consumed by MSU? So I didn't know this was really a thing. Yeah, but it is. They, apparently. They are pretty quick to play. They're sort of like the Ole Miss thing, like not real rivals kind of thing, which is incredible to me. And it, like, there's so much respect between Staley and Schaefer. You think it would play off as a there's a mutual respect. And Robbie Falk, our good friend, made a, a point about this, and I tend to agree with it. It's because South Carolina feels cheated when they won the national title because nobody cares about that because that was the year State beat UConn. And everybody thinks that's the national title game. And that's what it is, I think. They feel like they got slighted. <laughs> I don't know if that's what it is or not, but I've always said it's, it's State beating UConn. Yeah. Was tons bigger than winning the national. Title. It was, was. So I because there are people walking around now that don't give a crap about women's basketball that can tell you who took down UConn. They can't tell you who won that national title that year. Yeah. And if they did, they'd probably guess state because, like you said, they think that that was the national title game. Yeah. Brooks White wants to know where state's pitching rotation will rank in the SEC. Whew. I think there's so much uncertainty with the bull. Are, are you asking the entirety of the team I think like he's rotation, about the, or the, just the, the weekend the, the rotation? The weekend guys, yeah. The problem is this. First off, you and I, I'm talking, I don't know what's going on at Auburn or, or Carolina or anything like that. But secondly, I mean, it's just unknowns with Sarantola and McLeod right now. You know, the McLeod thing's interesting to me because when I when I've talked to Lamonis and talked to those the players and <coughs> there is a ton of just Rock solid confidence in McLeod for a guy that hadn't thrown a collegiate pitch. Yeah, like everybody that you talk to is just like, oh, he would have been in the rotation last year if he hadn't got sick. Yeah. So he's fine. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's almost like a we ain't even. I mean, Saturday's just set. 
with McLeod. So I guess it's rubbed off on me. I've heard so many people say it that I think State, between JT Ginn and Christian McLeod, are just fine on Friday and Saturday. Yeah. Um, and to me, it is that Sunday that is the wild card. But guess what? Yeah. Everybody's got Everybody's a wild card on Sunday. And, and I think State with Sirantola has the as high, high as high of a ceiling as anybody. Who who are the top Friday night guys in the league this year? You've Kumar got Rocker. Kumar Rocker, JT Ginn, uh, Asa Lacey is back over at Texas A and M, correct? I believe I think that's so. Right. And uh, Emerson Hancock is at Georgia. Yeah, Nikhazy's at Ole Miss, right? Nikhazy Nika- should go to Fridays for Ole Miss. Um, who's LSU's Friday night guy? Hmm. I don't know. Maybe somebody I should know, but I've probably my head so. Up. Yeah. Um, oh God, the guy at a Florida brought back a guy. I can't remember. Florida's. To me, I saw some rankings the other day. I think Florida was like thirteenth. I'm. I think people were sleeping on Florida this year. They were. They played nothing but freshmen last year. Almost. They bring back a ton. They're going to be good this year. Watch out for them. They could challenge Vanderbilt. I'm just. I'm just saying it. But the thing is, like you said, you know, Friday night with Vanderbilt, you're probably not beating them because they got Kumar Rocker. You know, he'll drop a couple games here and there. He'll find there'll be some night where Vandy doesn't hit as well as they should. Maybe on the road. Yeah. But lose one nothing two one. They'll lose a two one game. But he's not going to lose very many. But State and JT Ginn shouldn't lose very many either. Uh, let's address this this little this narrative that's been going around that Zach Johnson asked about. Do you think it's off putting to potential defensive coordinators that it, that we already have defensive position coaches hired that they would have had no say so in? Well, when uh, Todd Grantham came in, he didn't get to hire he didn't his get to hire anybody. Assistants. Shoop had Baker and Buckley already on staff. Yeah, and Lukabu had played for Moorhead. He was a Moorhead guy. He was not a Shoop guy. Yep. I don't know where this story has come from that. Defensive coordinators have to come in and just pick and choose their own staff. Never happened. I mean, think about when Mullen was hired. He he he. I think Torbush was one of the last guys he hired. You know, he already had David Turner. Melvin Smith was staying from uh he he was already here, and then I think Tony Hughes was was already here. So, or if he wasn't already here, they they had already brought him in. This is this is not a, a true thing that defensive coordinators get to. You know, the head coach makes those decisions. Defensive coordinator gets to work with the guys the head coach hires. So, no, I don't think that's going to be the case at all. Yeah. I mean, you kind of wonder if, if like, I don't know, say Leach had hired the D.C. four or five days ago, while some of these things maybe hadn't been completely nailed down yet, maybe you get some input at that point maybe. I, I don't know. But, but you're like I was saying, like you were saying, it's, I mean, the D.C. usually doesn't get to come in and just clean house and do what he wants to do right. kind of thing, so I don't know why that's kind of out there that they would. Um, I mean, I would think if there's still an open position out there, and right now there is, right? I mean, yeah. if you hire a D.C., there's still another spot right. to hire. Right. If that's a defensive spot, I would think that if the D.C. gets hired before that spot, he should have some input, right? A yeah. little bit anyway. I mean, you, you run it by him at the very least. So, but I mean, no. To, to just... Say I'm gonna hire the offense and I'm gonna hire a defensive coordinator to hire five guys for my staff. Never happen. That ain't gonna happen. No. Uh, let's see here. Next question from uniquely me. Over under eight games for MSU football next season. Over. They'll play twelve. <laughs> Let me change this question here. Sure. Uh, over under eight wins for Mississippi State football. Next eight season. is sort of the number, right? Yeah. Uh, I would say under right this second, just because I don't know enough. I got to know more. Who's the quarterback? Who's the defensive coordinator? I don't know enough. Yeah, but they have they have. If you said right now that they beat, they won all their non conference games. and They beat Arkansas, 
Missouri, and one other SEC game, maybe Ole Miss, maybe Kentucky, I could buy that for sure. Yeah. But getting into eight, now are they beating Ole Miss and Kentucky? Uh, it, it, maybe not. If you told me to lay it out today, I'd say seven and five. Yeah, seven and five. Uh, what's the one expected loss that you think State can win next year? Uh, I think it's the same game almost every year. Auburn? Auburn. Why, why do I like Auburn next year? They lose four starters on the offensive line. If they A&M, lose all those big pieces on defense. It's, it's here in Starkville. If A&M is an expected loss, I think I may go A&M. A&M. Because A&M is not as good as Auburn, Buddy, and it's A&M, in Starkville. If A&M, so is Auburn, but if A&M is not good next year, there can be some angry Cowboys out there. You're right, but I mean, I just... I, I, I think Auburn's a better choice. I mean, I just... Malzahn's a four-loss coach, so you got a chance to get him. Yeah, but A&M's a team that State's played pretty well against yeah. in, in recent years, so... Over under 3,500 yards passing next season. Over. 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 Way over. Yeah. At least I mean, 4,000. If Leach does... What Leach does, and he's yeah. done it for 18 years, it's going to be over. And last one here. How far do you think the ladies can make the NCAA tournament? Monday's game changed my mind a little bit. I think Final Four is very possible. It's I possible. Think. It just depends on the draw. It depends on where they end up. But they can win those games. Kevin Wright, more impressive in 2019-20, LSU or Liverpool? I really don't want to talk about the Premier League today. Rough day for my boys in Chelsea. Oh, did they lose their their derby, Derby they, thingamajiggy? They drew, but they should have won. Their derby, Derby thingamajiggy? Derby. Stop it. Derby. Stop it with that. Stop mocking me. Lost their derby, Derby. I'm, I'm going to come over there. They drew, but they <laughs> should have won. They drew. They, they drew, but they should have won. Drew. What? You want me? I'd rather lose than drew. Well, you get a point when you draw, at least. But anyway, <laughs> Liverpool is the correct answer, to be honest with you. They are crazy good. Like... The, I, I I don't know how they're this good. They haven't lost yet. Well, I don't even remember the question. Better LSU or Liverpool? Oh. Liverpool was the answer. I'm telling you. Just I know you don't know. Yeah. But if somebody's watched them both, it's Liverpool. Big Man City fan right here. I know you are huge. Uh, y- y'all won today. Yes. Beat Sheffield United. Yes. Beat the Blades. How did Jesus do? I don't know who scored for you. I don't know. <laughs> uh, will the actual attendance of the 2020 spring game be more than the Abilene Christian game? Uh, It'll be bigger than the second half attendance. Yeah, that wouldn't take much. Oh, I think so. There's a lot of excitement right now. Yeah, I think, so. So yeah, I think there'll be twenty thousand. I mean, it may be like weather related though too. It's also I mean, Easter weekend. Yeah, if it happens to be a, just a, a cruddy weather day or something, yeah, but it, we'll see. Uh, let's see here. The Pirates of Mississippi State wants to know uh, why do we as a fan base go from anyone who doesn't question the head coach is wrong to now anyone who questions the head coach is wrong? When did we do the first thing? All I ever saw on message boards was you couldn't question the head coach. When did that second thing, when did that first thing happen? I don't remember that. I mean, I guess talking about you had to question Moorhead to be a cool kid kind of deal. I guess. And you and I should know because we built a podcasting empire off of questioning If criticizing Joe Moorhead Moorhead is cool, consider me Miles Davis. (laughs) (laughs) So if anybody uh, can say... Anything about how profitable? Well, I don't know about profitable, but how successful criticizing Joe Moorhead could be. Yeah. You and I, buddy, can speak to you. It. And I is in the criticizing Joe Moorhead business, <laughs> and business is a booming. <laughs> Congrats to Joe Moorhead, though. Absolutely, got the, that was made official. Really, man. like we we can't emphasize enough, and I think there are a lot of folks in the state realm that agree with us. Mm-hmm. How much we hope he goes to Oregon and is just. Completely successful and just but racks up. Somebody asked us a more. question about that later, so we'll, we'll get to that in a minute. Okay. Uh, Brooks White, Joel, 
Yeah. The Braves roster as it stands right now. Are, Which are, just changed like an hour ago. Yeah, they, yeah, so you got new information. Yeah. Are they the favorite to win the National League? The National League? Yeah. The That's National it. League. No. Okay. Because, I mean, you got to remember, the Braves haven't won a playoff series in almost two decades yeah. now. So it's tough for me to sit here and say, oh, they're the favorite to get to the World Series. Yeah. Are they the favorite to win the East again? Yeah. I really do like their roster better than the Nationals, who will be their top The defending world champions. Well, I mean, the Braves won the East last year over oh, the defending right, world right, champions. Right. So I think over the course of 162, the Braves have the best rotation of the two teams overall. Okay. I mean, they have a better ceiling, uh-huh. like the 1-2 Scherzer, Strasburg, fantastic. Yeah, but Soroka can hold his own with with one of those guys. And I mean, the Braves then have like a bunch of number three guys. Yeah, all the way down the list. So I think their rotation overall over the course of 162 games is better. Okay, I think their bullpen may be a top three unit in all of baseball now. Must be nice. Um, and yeah, adding Marcelo Zuna to to the cleanup spot, hitting behind Acuna, Ozzy Albies, Freddie Freeman. Um, I think. The Braves are going to be better offensively at catcher now with Darno. Um, their lineup's pretty good, pretty darn good now. Um, I, I think today they are the favorite to win the East. Are they the favorite to get to the to, to the World Series? They're going to have to win a playoff series before I ever say that. Yeah. I mean, it's been twenty years. So then, for me, will the Giants ever win the West again? So we don't have to see the Dodgers in the playoffs for a while. Well, I mean, somebody else could win the West too. So, yes, again, yes, of course. The Dodgers are going to go on a fifty-year winning streak here. The Giants will be back, and it's just not going to be this year. I mean, I mean, it's probably not going to be next year either, but eventually they'll be back in. Daniel Ray wants to know. What do you got over there? I was just going to say, they're not trading Bumgarner and Will Smith at the deadline last year. It looks bad now. Yeah, it looks terrible. But at the time, I, I was able to get behind it because they were hot, and I was like, maybe they can make a move to the wall card. Uh, but I sat here after a podcast one day and told just, you, you should deal them. I don't care where they're sitting right now. You're not going to make it, and I should have been the GM for the Giants. Yeah. And then you'd be in a lot better shape today. I guess. Daniel Ray. In 1982, Key West succeeded from the Union and formed the Conk Republic as a form of protest, declared war on the U.S. by breaking a loaf of bread over the head of a naval officer, and then immediately surrendered. If Mike Leach was going to succeed from the SEC, how would he do it? <laughs> I could see him like just going to Greg Sankey's office and like flip-flops on a Hawaiian shirt and be like, Hey, we're not going to play with y'all anymore. What? We're and not that, we're out. We're not doing this and anymore. And then there would be a 45-minute story as to why. Yeah. And then there would be an, a two-hour story from John Cohen about why we are going to continue to play, and mainly it's because there's a $60 million check at the end of it. Would, uh, he, would he make somebody walk the plank or something? I don't, I don't know. Yeah, that's not a bad idea. Uh, let's see here. John Jeffrey Nelson. If you could pick one player in the transfer portal to go to MSU, who would it be? Well, who all is in the transfer portal? Uh, yes. Yeah, I mean, Costello question. seems like the right answer. Or if there's like an elite receiver out there, but I don't know that there is right now. So yeah, I guess KJ Costello. What's a TV show, movie your kids watch that you can't stand? You know, my kids really don't watch just a ton of TV shows. Yeah, they're like, still so young, dude. Yeah, they really the only show that they watch mm-hmm. with consistency is mm-hmm. Mickey Mouse Clubhouse and Mickey Mouse on the Road to Racers or uh-huh. whatever it is. Hey, it's me. Uh-huh. Hey, Joel. Uh-huh. I mean, I've, I've love some hot dogs on now. Oh, I know. Hot I know. dog, hot dog. Hot dog. I, uh, yeah, I know. <laughs> See, my kids, well, my youngest, my oldest doesn't watch this stuff anymore, but my youngest still watches like those Disney, like the afternoon shows, the live action shows. 
which make me want to kill myself. Yeah. I like they are so bad. Like the, the laugh track for terrible jokes. Uh, there's like just like a hint of sexuality happening that shouldn't be happening. And every time an adult opens their mouth, a kid has a smart ass response for them. And I had to explain to my daughter in no uncertain terms that I don't need those smart ass responses. No, that's I'm not getting paid to listen to you talk. So uh, we had to cut that out. <laughs> uh, let's see here. David Boren, who was on your Hall of Fame ballot this year? Who was get snubbed and who didn't get it? Who will get in that doesn't deserve it? Did Larry Walker deserve it? I think so. I agree. Yeah, I, I, th- I think they got it right. The person who, whoever it says and didn't vote Jeter in, come on. Come on. It's so dumb. This whole thing of we can't let anybody get unanimous, it's just dumb. <sighs> who got in? Did anybody get Who else got in? It was just those two, I think. All right, it was well, just then Jeter and Walker. They both, they both deserve um, it. I think Andrew Jones is on the ballot. I think Andrew Jones is a Hall of Famer. Yeah. Because, I mean, you look at what he did offensively, and I, he, I, I think Andrew's problem is he gets so penalized for his last couple of years when yeah. he was just fat and not able to perform. You know? Yeah. I mean, I, I but, get it. But, I mean, he was – the best defensive center fielder in the game. And when you couple that with how many homers he hit and just, I don't know, man. I mean, I'm not saying that he should have been in today, but yeah. I don't know. I'm, I'm also of the opinion, if you're a Hall of Famer, you're a Hall of Famer. So if he would got in today, he got in today, whatever. Yeah. But yeah. I don't know. There's some other guys, too. I mean, you can make a case for Omar Vizquel. And... Who wins the uh, the men's and women's Royal Rumble this Sunday? <laughs> So it's it's so weird with the with the Lesnar thing, right? Yeah, you're actually paying attention. I didn't think you were paying attention to WWE. I'm paying. I, I start getting back to WWE around this time when we're getting into WrestleMania season. Uh, See, so you have these kind of things. You have to think about who's the champ, which is Lesnar. Which is, but Lesner. he's in the Royal Rumble. But on but the, the other belt side, is not on the line. On the other side is the fiend. Dumb. Yeah. Uh and who's surely the fiend in Roman Reigns is going to happen at WrestleMania, some point. right? That's a good. That's a good point. That'd be a good. That that's the match, right? Yeah, but do you let Reigns win the Rumble? I don't think. I, I, I don't. Reigns know. Has, has won the Rumble before. So, I think it's going to end up being Lesnar winning the Rumble, and then they'll come up with something where he's like, I don't know. He'll pick his own opponent or something. I don't know. I like having a Rumble where I literally have no idea who's going to win. Which is good. What about the yeah. women? I don't have any idea there either. And quite frankly, the it's, women's it's, it's division, Becky versus Oscar at the Royal Rumble. Yeah, right? for the for the title. So uh, the one the the which title is that? Is that the Raw title? The Raw title. Okay. Yeah. And then who's the who's the women's champion? Is it still Charlotte? Yeah. So neither one of them are winning. The answer here probably needs to be somebody like Shayna Baszler. That's a good call. Just let one of the NXT is Ronda Rousey back. No. Could she come back for this? Could. That's that's somebody to watch then. Yeah, it wouldn't be won't be surprised. And, and there out. were rumors before too that Edge may return for the Royal Rumble. Ooh, he wouldn't like, win it though. Well, I don't know. Like he may be making a comeback. Like he may have been medically cleared to return. I hope that's the case because Edge is that, one of my that's favorites. That's rumors though. So yeah, I mean, anyway. if, if Daniel Bryan got back, why not? If, uh, if Edge wins the Royal Rumble though, I will pop. Oh, sure. that'll be that'll be a pop. Yeah, Hopefully, I, you'll be at the house. I've actually attended one Royal Rumble before, and it was the one in Atlanta. That, oh, where that, he showed that up. Edge returned from injury and won. It was and thunderous in the Phillips Arena. I got to, it was it was absolutely thunderous, and I got to meet Jeff Francoeur that night. He was sitting like two rows behind me. 
on the way out. It was, awesome. it was big night. It's awesome. All right, Joel, will the Braves dip their toes back into this Arenado situation now that the price more than likely has gone down? Uh, signing Marcelo Zuna earlier today as we record this probably lessens the likelihood that the Braves will trade for a third baseman of any kind, whether it's Chris Bryant or Arenado or anybody. So I don't think so. Um, unless the price dips to something where, I mean, they just can't resist. But, I mean, you're talking about one of the best players in the game. I know it's kind of going south on the Rockies, apparently. That relationship has soured. But I, I can't see them dipping into any of that now. Because, crap, right now the Braves payroll is like over $150 million, yeah, which is like their highest in years. Yeah. So I think their highest ever to be honest with you. So I, I think they're about done with the spending. And, and if you get a guy like that, you got to pay a guy like that. So I don't know where they could, who they could trade. I mean, to make it work financially. So, yeah. no, I don't think so. I don't think and they'll then, get them. For me, he asked, what video game or games am I looking forward to this year? Uh, they're teasing a new Batman Arkham game. Ooh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Like PS5? That's the that's, thing. I, I told my wife, I was like, just go ahead and be prepared at Christmas that Daddy's getting an expensive gift this year. There are two things that'll make me buy a PS5 day one. NCAA football 2021 or whatever that would yeah. be. A Batman Arkham game would be there, too. So, yeah, I might be doing that. Also, speaking of 2021, you were right, evidently, about the... The, the kit, yeah. Yeah, I'm, you ended up being right. I actually meant to start today's show with that, and then we had stuff that was vastly right, more right, important right. than pointing out that I was right. But, yeah, I, I think I was right. So you were I sh- right. I should have gloated, right. but I didn't. Uh, let's see here. But for future reference, if there's ever disagreement, I'm probably right. I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Uh, Ace Swenson, does the Pac-12's reputation as a conference full of defensive powerhouses scare you a little, not so much Leach, but his defensive... I think he meant to say offensive powerhouses. Uh, scare you a little, not so much Leach, but his defensive staff. Are you, are you worried about the, the, the staff if Leach just brings his Washington State guys over? Well, you got to remember, too, that these Washington State coaches have never coached this much talent. Right. There's that. Um, it's like a catch-22. May, may, maybe the coaches would have been better at Washington State if they'd had this level of, of guy. If they'd you had Errol Thompson and Nathan Pickering and yeah. all the guys that, I mean, all the guys they'll have now. So there's that. Um, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I, guess I, I guess I'm not too concerned about the whole – it's, it's a lot of Washington State guys, so it's going to be the exact defense they had at Washington State. I, I guess I just don't see it that way. It, it just depends upon uh, the athletes that you got, because at the end of the day, it's still a Jimmy's and Joe's game. You know, it's still a who's out there on the field, and I think State's talent is much greater than that of Washington State. So I think by by that, these coaches mm-hmm. that may have had some rough times at Washington State should have a little bit better time with better talent. Graham Yateman, if K.J. Costello comes to state, how does that change your opinion on next year's team? Well, I mean, assuming everything works according to plan, I don't know. I don't know. Because, and this question comes asked a little bit later, and I'll, I'll, uh, I'll delve into it a little bit more, but I, I don't know who's catching the ball. Now, you can have Patrick Mahomes back there. I don't know who's catching the ball. So I don't know how much it affects my opinion yet. But then again, even if – We've talked about this on the show. I don't know that it matters who's no, catching the you're ball. You're not wrong with with Leach. They just have success. They just find success for whatever reason. So, yeah. I mean, we'll see. We'll see. I think he definitely is probably worth a win. I'll put it that way. Double A. Andy Atkinson wants to know. Sting is scheduled to be at the Mississippi Comic Con this that. year. The icon. 
Who's the next big name that would draw a crowd for 2021? Who could wrestling wise? For wrestlers, yeah. They had Foley and Flair last year. I was going to say Flair. So they got Flair is like multi generational. So he he was a good choice there. Would Double A be a good choice there? See, I don't know that he is as multi generational as Steve in those guys. But what about? uh, I mean, like Goldberg. If Goldberg would be a good choice. um, Hall and Nash. Either one of them showed up. Yeah, but I think you're at the point. You're getting at the point now where, like, if they ran Hall out there on Raw or even AEW, a lot of the younger folks would be like, "Who's that?" They wouldn't know Scott Hall. You think? I don't. I don't agree with that. When was his last like prominent role? They brought him out for Raw 1000, and the crowd went nuts. AEW is not a good op- not good for that example either because AEW is wrestling fans. There's not a lot of just. That's true. People in there. That's true. You ha- he would be less known at a WWE show. Uh, you may be really you think, right. You think about that. that AEW show we were at. If yeah. Scott Hall had come out, that place everybody would have known that. Yeah, you're right. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, Peyton Stewart. When Moorhead was hired, Trader was his guy and a throw first quarterback who could fit his system better. Now it seems everyone thinks he is a run first guy and Leach needs more of a thrower. Why has this changed? It's a good question. I think it's it's the kind of throwing we're doing here. Where in, in the, the Moorhead offense, it was more about down-the-field stuff. You need the big arm. Here you need a, a hyper-accurate quarterback. And can Schrader be that? You know, I mean, I think he can be. He was, like, he was accurate in high school. Last year he shot 58%, which is, you know, considering what it was the year before, 51. Yeah, it's very – I do hate that we it feels like we're sort of giving up on Garrett Schrader. You know, because this is the guy that – Three months ago, we were saying could be the next Dak, and now we're like, ah, well, he might transfer. You know, the guy that I feel like I'm dodging the question here. Not really dodging the question. I'm just parlaying it to something else here. I don't feel like Keaton would be all that successful. No, at, I don't at all. At all in the Leech offense because I, and maybe I'm just slanted because of the times that I've seen Keaton both in in practice and and everything. But he just. I can remember Nick Gibson telling telling a story, and he was joking, talking about how Keaton had improved some. But he was talking about how, like a year or two ago, they were like, "Kid, where are you throwing the ball?" Son? Yeah, like he just when you talk about hyper accuracy, Keaton's name not would the, not be not one that would come up. And so I, I just I struggle to believe he could has improved enough that he could run it efficiently. So I don't think he's even in the running. But I I think Garrett. I mean, I, I don't know that we've seen a large enough sample size to declare it, but I, I think he could be pretty successful. Yeah. Uh, Will Eubank, how do you feel about Crocs? I've only owned one pair of Crocs. They were given to me, and they were Braves Crocs, and I don't think I've worn them but like twice yeah, ever. I don't wear Crocs. And I, well, both times I wore them, it was like at the house, I need to run back out to my truck or something and just slip them on. And uh, Yeah, Crocs and me aren't – I don't pull off Crocs very well, so I stay away from them. Yeah. Uh, Scott wants to know, help me out, which rock band is more overrated, the Beatles or the Doors? Wow. Wow. I mean, that's tough. I don't think either one of those bands are overrated. I'm going to say I'm kind of a fan of both. So, If you had to pick one, I have to say The Doors, if I had to pick one. It's because The Beatles are basically the template for every band that's come since then. So I would say The Doors. But it's neither one of them are overrated. No. I'm just having to pick here. Um, okay. Kurt wants to know... Uh, if you had to compete in an eating contest, Joel, what food would you pick? Uh, chicken strips may be it. 
Really? Chicken like, strip eating contest. I think Robbie Falk could take you. He may could, but man, I love some chicken strips. Right. Mine's like, also chicken. I go wings. I go wings. I'm trying I, to think if there's anything that, that I might say otherwise. Mini so like, corn dogs? I don't know. What do you like? I mean, I... Ribs? You don't like ribs, so that's no I'm good. I'm not a big fan of ribs. Yeah, we had this discussion last week. I think I go chicken strips. All right. All right. Is Robert Woodard a legit first-rounder in 2020? The, the, the mock projections seem to say so. I still wonder if ESPN had that backwards the other day. I don't know. But all I see when I see Robert Woodard is a guy who can hit shots all over the court, hyper-athletic, good defender, explosion. He's got explosive athleticism. He's going to be a good pro. That I, I'm still thinking about that turnaround fadeaway he hit on Saturday night. Got the ball with his back to the basket, spun, put it up as he's fading away, and it went in. And I was just like, I said something to him after the game. I was like, that was an impressive shot. Like when it left his hand, I was like, Whew. and it went in. And I was like, man, that's that is a tough, yeah. tough shot. It reminded me Dante Jones had a similar shot to that in the '96 Kentucky game, and it just it, that, that shot had stuck with me. That's a tough shot. If to State's make. got two first round draft, they should picks be playing better than they're playing. Well, I don't know. They're playing pretty darn good now. They, I mean, up to now, though. Yeah. I'm saying they should have been playing better the whole time. Uh, Chris Dan Griffin wants to know, does Reggie Perry go into the draft after the season regardless of what happens? I think so. My guess would be yeah. Yeah. I would agree with that. Uh, let's see here. Blake Thompson says, the last two football head coaches went through a major change regiment. Dan Mullen became a marathon runner, and Joe Moorhead did the intermittent fasting. Do you think that trend ends with Coach Mike Leach? Yes. yes. <laughs> nothing, nothing happening there. He's not, he's not changing anything. Yeah, I think he's as stuck in his ways as you get. Yeah. Blake Thompson again. What are your top three gifs of all time to use? You know my number one is the Savage, the elbow. Drop. Yeah, the Savage elbow drop. If, if you if you burn somebody, I will give you the Savage elbow drop. I'm not a humongous gif user. Oh, I am. As you. Oh, know. I know you are. Yeah. Uh, I love the Doc Rivers, like, what is going on here face. That's one of my favorites. I like the uh, the uh, the one of the Jonathan Holder-looking dude. Uh, Kenny Powers? Yes, and he, like, pops the folding chair open and, oh. and sits down. Isn't okay, that's Kenny not Kenny Powers, but, yeah, Kenny I know Powers? what you're talking about. Yeah, we're, yeah. I thought it was Kenny Powers. I know what you're talking about, though. Yeah, yes. And he's, like, he sits down to watch. Yeah, it's yeah. like whenever there's an argument like or something one. on Twitter. That's a good one. He, he pops I like the, the chair uh, open the and the Joker down. and Here We Go. Yeah. I like to use that one. I use um, oh that one I use from Star Trek, where like it just zooms in on Picard and he's just standing there, and all of a sudden he just goes, "Damn you!" Yeah, you used that it. one the other day. Ah, that's my one of my favorite. When someone's gotten me, that's what I like to come back with. So. Uh, let's see here, uh, Chad Childs. How long do you think it'll be before Kendall Rogers realizes we're going to host? Uh, I think if after State takes two of three from Oregon State, we can go ahead and get on that train. It's good for his business, though, to not know until, like, yeah. late May. Again, it's what's best for business. All right? It's nothing personal. Brian May, who's a friend of mine, wants to know, you ad- I adopted a diet for Moorhead. I did. I did the intermittent. I- I've-, I've sort of tweaked that a little bit, but, like, today I only ate once, though. Yeah. Uh, which I'm-, I'm a thousand calories under what I'm allowed today. So that's a good thing. Yeah, and you said you lost. I lost quite... nine pounds last week. Yeah, so see if we can keep that going. Uh, but anyway, what trait, quirk, or habit do you think the other? What should we adopt from Mike Leach? We don't want to adopt his talking style. These podcasts will be five hours long. <laughs> we don't want to do that. I think we should adopt some of his, you know, sort of. 
for back of, lack of a better word, his you know laissez-faire uh, attitude. And just sort of let it go. You know, I think I'm, ge- I'm generally pretty good at that anyway, though. For the most, oh, part. you are, you are. Like, I don't get. I, I'll tell you what. I get madder at myself than I do anybody in the world. Like, I, I, I generally don't get up too upset with other folks and things, but I can really tick my own self off at me. <laughs> like, yeah. that, that's I, forgiving me and le- letting me let go of stuff is, is things that I need to work on. I don't know if Mike Leach is good at that or not, but if he is, uh, that's what I need to. Yeah. All right. Ray Campbell, could we ever see the transfer portal being used by athletes that want to follow a coach to another school? Or could a coach that is leaving tell athletes, hey, jump on the portal, I'll pick you up? I think the second thing would be sort of tampering. I don't think you can do that. But You know, I've kind of wondered that with MLB, like free agent, or MLB folks, it's like the trade deadline. Yeah. And, and you have a guy that's on the last year of his contract. Mm-hmm. Could you be like, hey, we're fixing to deal you at the trade deadline, but you're a free agent this offseason, we want you back. Yeah. Like, do they do that? Is that? How often does that happen, though? I mean, the guy come back like that. I mean, it's happened before, yeah. but... I, I don't know. I mean, I guess they probably say, look, we can get value out of you right now, yeah. and then you can come back to us n- yeah. in the next year, and we've got these other pieces. Yeah. So we've improved, and, you know... So anyway, the transfer portal thing seems like a little bit like, hey, I'm fixing to be leaving this school. Go ahead and hop in the transfer portal. I know that when uh, Kiffin left Tennessee, Orgeron was on the phone with all their recruits telling them time to flip. But as far as which, I don't think that part would happen. But the other part could be, I mean, it, it could happen. I mean, if Garrett Trader wanted to go to Oregon, my guess is they'd find a spot for him. But that said, and I don't have a problem with that. I don't, you know, if I don't, I have said this a million times. I don't care where these kids go to school. All right, if Garrett Trader was a chemistry major, he could leave Mississippi State when he wanted to, yeah. and nobody would say anything. And, and he had a chemistry teacher that he really liked that went to another school. He could change schools. It would be pretty stupid to follow that teacher to another school. But you know, but you could do you it could if do you it. wanted to. And, uh, I don't have a problem with that. Uh, let's see here, um, Alexandra Watson. So these crows have been on this water tower for over a week now. Send me a picture. My coworker and I believe a dead body is in the water tower, and that's why the birds won't leave. What is your theory? Well, does your water taste funny? If the water tastes funny, then you're onto something then. Did your sink, like, stop up because a finger tried to get through the faucet? <laughs> Someone's in the garbage disposal. What is that? I don't know. A ring? Is it your ring? No, it's not. It's just, just in there. It's a necklace and... Couple of bones down in the garbage disposal. I mean, it's, it's it's a little creepy. There's all these crows just hanging out on top of the water tower. Crows enjoy that for whatever reason. Like being on water towers. Well, yeah. Like I've driven by. I mean, I don't know if I've I've seen them there for days, but crows like high spots, man. Yeah. It's like it's what they do. They're scoping out the scene. Yeah. Yeah. Crows. They're weird. They're weird animals, man. Uh, where are we here? Jonathan Robichaud. This is the question I was talking about. Oregon fans seem to be thrilled over their new offensive coordinator hire. I think he'll do well there, but I also can't wait to see if it was us or him or if he was able to change his play calling. Am I holding on to this too long if I check back next year? No, I think all MSU fans are going to want to keep an eye on that. And if he is successful, they're going to ask the question, what, why not here? And not, not, Now, Oregon's got better athletes at the skill positions than Mississippi State does. Um, well, I think the answer is going to be twofold if it happens. Uh-huh. Better athletes at skill positions. Uh-huh. And I just... He's not the head coach. I, he, he's not the head coach. But yeah. my, my third thing here is that Pac-12 defenses aren't exactly bad. There's that too. Like I just maybe we just overinflate that sometimes. But I just I truly believe that the athletes in the SEC uh, defensively and things just aren't the same athletes as they no, have. In you're the right. I agree with that. I, 
Uh, let's see here. Brian Felton has a couple questions. Uh, will Rufus Harvey and or Dylan Spencer end up in start? Well, Dylan Spencer is a lineman uh, from Madison Central, I believe. And, of course, we know who Rufus Harvey is. I think they have both of a chance to end up in start. If I had to guess today, and I am guessing because I don't cover recruiting, I think Rufus Harvey ends up at State. But yeah. that is that's just a guess. And maybe that's me hoping a little bit because I think he – I'd like to see him there, quite frankly, after watching his high school career, and I think he would go there if, if he got the chance. So, All right. How many interceptions do you think State will throw next year? Who's How many the quarterback? Inter- interceptions? Yeah, who's the quarterback? If it's Costello, I might say less than 15. If it's not Costello, I'd say more than 15. I mean, it's – you throw the football 50, 60 times a game, you're going to have a lot of picks. You're going to – you're gonna, I mean, if you throw 60 times a game, even just having one pick a game is not bad. Yeah. You know, if you finish the year with 13 picks, you're probably okay. Yeah. I mean, so, it, it's just you have two picks again. I mean, that's a problem. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so. you, you, 15 would be an over under, right? Something yeah. like that. Yeah. A 15 and a half is where I would set the line. Who will have a better rushing attack, State or Ole Miss? I mean, I, Ole, Ole Miss, I guess. I would say Ole Miss. <laughs> just because they have, they have more proven talent back there with Ely and Connor. Now, who's running back has the most total yardage? That may be State when you consider right. how much State's going to probably throw the ball to Colin Hill. Yeah. Well, I mean, in terms of a single guy, yeah. But Connor and Ely are a better duo than what State has. Yeah. So, and then, gosh. I don't know, maybe Kareem Walker comes out there, be. guns blazing. We just don't same, know what, he's, same what, what they have. By that same token, uh, Ole Miss is in on this Zach Edvins kid who's the number one running back in the country who evidently has a laundry list of off-the-field issues. But, hey, what do I always say? MSU and Ole Miss aren't getting the number one running back in the country unless he has a laundry list of issues off the field. So, <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, let's see here. Uh, we got questions here from Trey O'Brien who wants to know, we watched six freshmen play exceedingly well last night in the ladies' game. Does it seem to be becoming more expected for freshmen to come in ready to play early and play well, or sports-specific. I think when you recruit at an elite level, when you recruit four- and five-star kids, they need to be able to contribute early. Particularly in basketball. Yeah. Though. Yeah, you only have 13 players. You can't redshirt four people. Yeah. That's not possible. Yeah. Like, so, yeah. I mean, if you get an elite offensive lineman or something, like Charles Cross, for example. Different. I mean, there's, you can understand why he had to redshirt. Right. But, but yeah, you got a five-star basketball player, they're playing day one. Simple as that. Uh, let's see here. Allegheny Boys tennis team wants to know, what would the over-under be of a typical MSU football game in 2020 if Mike Leach, under pressure from the Mafia, hires Peter Sermon as defensive coordinator? So we have the Leach offense and the Sermon defense. What's the number at for the average MSU game? Mm, 87. That's really high, John. <laughs> That's higher than I was going to go. I was going to say 75 and a half. That's really high. Jeez Louise. Uh, I was thinking, I was thinking like 45-44 final score or something like that. Oof, that's br- brutal. Uh, like the Arkansas game and yeah, fifteen kind of deal. Although that was not a sermon defense. No, Lynn McLaughlin has a fantastic question. What would Eric Moulds' numbers have looked like in the Leach offense? I will. I, I have an answer. They would look like Michael Crabtree's numbers. He would have yeah. had eighty to hundred catches a season, thirteen to fifteen hundred yards, and double digit touchdowns every year he was in that system. No question about that in my mind. Uh, Wade Jones, who I, I talked to earlier tonight, I answered his question in person. I'm going to answer it again here. Should 9- and 10-year-olds be allowed three steps, in, three steps in basketball before tra- travel is called? Yes, they should. <laughs> Buddy, you think there's turnovers in an MSU game? Come watch one of my daughter's uh, basketball games. Every possession is a travel or a double dribble. 
I mean, I, I don't know how that they're getting. I told the uh, I told the coach tonight. I said, "You tell the team I will buy ice cream for everybody on the team if you can get them to spread out. If I have to watch three kids hovering around the person who has the basketball, asking me, hand it to me, hand it to me, I'm going to lose my mind. Like, <laughs> spread out, get open, pass the ball, teach them something. For God's sake, drive me insane." Like, this one girl's bringing up the court. Her teammate is basically knocking it out of her hands trying to get it from her. Well, do you know what the answer here is? What? We need Coach Haydad on the on, on, on I don't the have court. time for that. We need Coach Haydad. I would, I'll tell you right now, if we did that, it would be like Hoosiers. Like, I wouldn't allow them shoot in practice. Like, we're just going to pass. And, like, def- I would run a zone defense because I get tired. They just follow each other. They just follow the ball. Like, three guys, are, three people are sitting there wide open. Nobody wants to pass, though. Drives me insane. Like, teach them something about how to play basketball. I feel bad for the junior high coaches in this state if that's what they're getting in youth basketball. You have to completely teach them everything by the time they're ready to play seventh, eighth, eighth well, basketball. Maybe, maybe next year they need to be the Thunder and Lightning. You and I, oof, we're out there together. I'd get thrown out of every game. Uh, let's see here. Uh, where are we? Will Allen, in memory of the late Bear Wilson, your favorite plays of his in maroon and white. The most memorable one to me is the touchdown catch against Auburn. I agree with that. Like that, that's the first one that comes to mind. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, I'll tell you mine, and it's it's not a touchdown, uh, but I remember talking about this prior to the game when they played LSU in fourteen. I said every year State plays LSU and the game is close. There's an opportunity to make a big pass play, and invariably MSU will bungle it. So they've got to make that play, and that that happened uh, on that on the second touchdown drive. There was a play right after Robinson had the big run, so they're in LSU territory. Dak drops back, and I'm not kidding when I say he had a half hour to throw the football. <laughs> he had there was no pressure on him, and he hit Duranya over the middle for about a 45 yard gain down to the LSU two, and I mean Duranya Wilson in that play looked like he was going to be a first round draft choice. Completely shielded off the defender, caught the ball, used all of his strength to ride the defender down for another seven, eight yards. I mean, just incredible. So that play, for whatever reason, has always stood out to me. That's my favorite drive in MSU history. I can tell you exactly what happened. They, they had the ball on the two after the goal line stand. They tried to run a quarterback draw. It got nothing. Next play, they threw to Duranya, who just sort of went up and made an over-the-shoulder kind of catch on the sideline. The next play is the big run by Josh Robinson. The next play is the pass down to Duranya, gets him down to the two, and then Josh Robinson walks in. Yep. I mean, that's the greatest drive in MSU history for me. Five plays, 98 yards, and it crushed LSU. That was the end of the game. The game was over right then. Yep. So. Gosh, man, Duranya, if he, if he had a little more speed – yeah. He would have been a first round. I thought the whole time he was at State, I was like, this guy's a first round pick. Like Kelvin Benjamin. I was like, he's, he's built the same way. Speed's the only thing he lacked. He's the only thing he lacked. Uh, let's see here. Okay, here's that question I was talking about Alex Barham. Why is everyone worried about transfer quarterbacks? Because unless Spurrier Jr. is the best wide receiver or coach to ever live, it won't matter who the quarterback is with no one to throw to. Are we going after Harvey or any other wide receivers in the class of 2020? They are going after Harvey. They flipped the kid from uh, Ole Miss, who's a preferred welcome, but he's going to get an opportunity, Trip Wilson. And then, they, yeah, they're going after some other guys. Yeah. I won't be surprised if they sign two or three more receivers. And I won't be surprised if the guys that are here are as product- have their most productive seasons ever because 
I mean, when you basically are going to drop back and throw the football 50 or 60 times a game, you're just going to have more stats. <laughs> like yeah. These guys are going to have more opportunities. You're going four and five wide every play. <sighs> they haven't had opportunity like they're fixing to have. Yeah. I mean, if they can't be productive with this, then they stink. Fair? <laughs> I agree. <laughs> I mean, so. Yeah. Last question here from David Wilson. Considering the high-level play from Matharu, Wiggins, and Mingo in a very hostile a very hostile and difficult place to play on the road, is it time to get more minutes going forward? 35 minutes, they had 32 points, only one turnover, six rebounds. They were 4-4 four for four from the line and 13-22 from the field. Yeah, I think Schaefer, I, I almost feel like times like Schaefer is using this year as like a giant long practice session for next year. Because like his rotations this year haven't made a ton of sense. They've worked. They're winning. I'm not going to question the man too much. But I mean, there are some games where he's playing 12, 13 people. He's playing the whole bench. And it's, there hasn't been like the consistency of, okay, these are my starting five, and then these are the next three, and then maybe somebody else gets four or five minutes here. But that said, those girls are making him have to make some decisions. Yeah. Because you can't keep them off the, the floor too long. They're fun to watch, too. This team, I'm telling you, next, that national championship is coming. It's coming with this, this group. I feel pretty confident in that. So we'll see. All right, guys. Hey, there was uh, one question. That Did I miss one? I, I don't know if you missed it, or, but uh, it was tweeted at me and said it had been asked quite a, a few times in a row and it hadn't been asked yet, and I kind of want to know your answer to it. So I wonder so how I'm I missed it. Anyway. Okay. Uh, you have two dipping sauces. You got you got buffalo, uh-huh. you got ranch. Yeah, sure. Which one do you go to first? Like, how, how, what's, what's your, what's your okay. dipping your wings philosophy here? All right, so we'll look chicken tenders. If I get wings, they already have the buffalo sauce yes. on. So I always go buffalo first. I want to be the spice, and then the ranch cools it off. So I start with buffalo, and then I go ranch. So you, in the I, same I bite, to, you're putting both on there. Oh, no, 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 no. You're not mixing. No, 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 no. Okay. We don't mix our sauces. Oh, thank God, because that was what I was going to say. No, if no. you were mixing sauces, like I, I think those are – I'm, I'm not a sauce mixer. That, now, that, what that's people I have that been you got to investigate. There, I have been known to make a buffalo ranch sauce. But that's different to me. Yes, like, when you actually stir it together. Yeah, I'll, I'll take a, a, a ramekin full of ranch, pour a, a, some hot sauce in it, stir yes. it together. Now I've got buffalo ranch. Yes, I'm not a sauce. But I am not a – I don't want buffalo sauce in my ranch. Yes. I don't ranch in my buffalo sauce. I'm so – like, it, it, it just warms my heart to hear you say that. Yeah. Because I can't stand to have, like, mixed sauces. No, no, like you, no, no Unless, I don't do that. Like you said, if you actually make a sauce that's right, made right, of no, both, I'm, that's I'm not going but, that. No, no, no. Yeah, no, but no, if, never, if you never, got never. two sauces there, no, no, I don't no. want to see like buffalo sauce all up in my ranch or ranch. I don't go ranch. When sauce. I go to Zaxby's, I get buffalo and I or I get uh, teriyaki, and I'm definitely not mixing those two. Yeah, but yeah, no, we do not mix. We do, the only time that now if you have wings and there's sauce already on the wing, you can't help it. Yes. but you're only you're only putting it into the ranch. Into the ranch, right? I'm not getting extra hot sauce on this. No, under nose. What kind of abomination is that? All right, all right. My my grandfather did not serve in in, in the in the army in the Marine Corps in the army the army and the Marine Corps two two different grandfathers so that we could mix sauces. All right, that's the tyranny he fought against. The reason that I wanted to ask that is because I really thought you were going to go a different way with that. I thought you were a sauce mixer under no. And I was going to tell you how disgusting that that was. is disgusting. So I am just. My yeah. heart who is asked full. that question? That's a great question. I feel bad. That I, I, and I'm I sorry know. that I can't remember who asked. They must have just mentioned you. I didn't see it. Maybe that was the case. But yeah. and maybe that's why it hadn't been asked because Brian just reads them off of his thing over yeah. there. So, but anyway, that, I, I thought that was a good question. Didn't realize we had been question. skipping it. So there we go. Want to yeah. be sure? Not a sauce that. mixer. Don't be a sauce mixer. Don't do that. Tomorrow's show that's our, we will. That's our new slogan: Thunder and Lightning. Don't, don't be, be a sauce, sauce mixer. Uh, tomorrow's show we will talk MSU versus Arkansas. Whatever happens there. Plus our conversation with uh, Aaron Fit 
from D1 Baseball, a little MSU uh, Diamond Dog talk on tomorrow's Thunder and Lightning. Looking forward to that. You know what it's called whenever you pass that message along to somebody making sure they don't mix their sauces? What's that? That's saucing it forward. <laughs> Good call. Good call. All right, guys, talk to you tomorrow. For Joel T. Coleman, Woo! I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Talk Mississippi Media Production.